His mouth is full of maple old-fashioned donut, but his heart is full of music. It's Gordon Lustig joining us here. We just wrapped the show. Our musical director, do you, can you speak through that donut? Oh, I'm looking at the thing. Uh, All right. Well, okay, that's enough. You'll speak through your music in a few moments. It's great to have you back. It was a really fun show. I can't wait for the listeners to uh, do what they do, which is listen. In the meantime, Mr. Lauren Mole. We invite you to join Judd at his family's winery at the south end of Silverado Trail, Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Visiting information is at juddshill.com or by calling 707-255-2332. Thanks, Lauren. And while you're online uh, looking at that visiting information, you can, well, you can look at some of the fun videos we've got going. You can look at the cool events that we've that we host and uh, you could put a little wine in your shopping cart some of that delicious Napa Valley wine that we make and uh, let's give them a let's give them a deal shall we i mean we we need to reward our listeners what do you say lauren just type in coupon code jnvs all in lowercase letters please and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order and if that's not enough you can join the Judd's Hill Wine Club anytime day or night love it it's there for you we're here for you come see us we love showing you a good time. Join the wine club. I think it's the best there is in the valley. You get the best price on the wine, and you get the invitations to events. And we'll take good care of you. That all being said, it's time for a little music. It's time to think about the holidays a bit. And it's time for one of our favorite folks, Gordon Lustig, here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know. From witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No sales script, no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show, Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley, wait for it, show, three phrases that sum up Christmas are, peace on earth, goodwill to men, and batteries not included. And now, live from Broadcast Park in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's the Judd's Napa Valley Show Holiday Bonanza. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Chad Finkelstein. Roll right on. Thank you very much, Lauren Mole, and thank you to our musical director sitting in live today on Judd's Napa Valley Show. It's Mr. Gordon Lustig. Thank, thank you, you so nice much. To be we're gonna here. we're gonna get to you in just a moment. And in just a second, I just want folks to know who's singing that, and I'm gonna cut out that cheese ball Holiday Bonanza voice now and go back to my normal. Speaking voice. It's not going to be quite the holiday bonanza. We, we, we have asked Gordon to come back in, but we'll get to him in a moment. Instead of, uh, well, anyway, I don't want to totally get into what we're about to do because we'll do that when we get into it, what we're about to do as we do it in about a few moments. You got it? You dig, Lauren? Okay. Lauren is sh- looking at me and shaking his head. I've never seen Lauren so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren Mole, what is happening with you? Thank you for that rousing introduction. Your batteries have been included. I can tell you're charged up. You're ready to go. You are a vision of holidayness. You've got your red uh, button down and your red windbreaker, and you're, you, you look like you're ready to get out there and celebrate. Actually, I am. 
Oh, I love dead air on it. And, 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 and would you like to elaborate? <laughs> Tell us about your forthcoming holiday celebration. Christmas is a big deal in your home. You usually get together with family. What, what's, on the, what's, what's the plan? Oh, my grandparents come down here from uh, Lake Almanor, which is five hours away from here in Napa. And my uncle, who's a bicyclist and a tile contractor, he comes down from San Pablo. Fun. And you all gather at your house? Uh, at our house, yes. Wonderful. And is there, a, is there a mole family tradition? Do you guys make, I don't know, spiced wine and go out singing carols to the neighborhood? Oh, uh, no, no. Nothing no, like we, that. We don't do that. No, we no, just no. have a nice... We just have a nice meal in, at, at our oh, house. Okay, that sounds that sounds lovely. Well, I, I wish for you a very happy and joyous and peaceful Christmas and a happy New Year. We're going to be ben. we're going to be off for a few weeks, so I probably won't see you until the New Year. So I hope everything goes wonderfully for you and for all our listeners as well. A very peaceful uh, holiday season. Any other things? You got any gigs coming up? Are you you singing any personal appearances where the general public can come enjoy the vocal stylings of Mr. Lauren Mole? Uh, actually, uh, we have a gig uh, with Napa Valley Voices coming up on the 18th. Uh, I think it's at St. John's Lutheran Church uh, with special guests, the Boys and Girls Club. And, yes, special appearances by Santa Claus and Woody to promote Toy Story 4. Well, that'll be a lot of fun. Now, is there a place – I'm just going to turn you up a little. Is there a place where uh, folks can find out about these performances, a website, uh, an informational flyer posted to a tree that they can find the corner that that's on Uh, or something? uh, For right now, look on the Napa Valley Voices uh, Facebook page. Just look up Napa Valley Voices. Yes. Okay. Great. And uh, I also recently went to see a Transcendence Theater Company's production of the Broadway Holiday Spectacular at Lincoln Theater uh, on Friday. It was fantastic. I loved it. Wonderful. Got you into the spirit, huh? It did. And you'll never believe who did the uh, the opening announcements. Okay, hold on a second. Do I need to do I need to grab my socks so they're not knocked off? Or you don't have to. It's not that. Okay, go ahead. It's uh, it's someone from one of our competitors in Santa Rosa. Oh, then we don't need to mention that. But I'm glad okay. you enjoyed the moment and and it got you excited. You know what? It actually did. I loved it. Okay, that's really enjoyed it. In the spirit of inclusiveness and uh, the holiday, yeah, th- let's let's not mention anyone's names. Okay. <laughs> All right. No. So, uh, so what's been going on with you, Jen? Oh, man, I am just waiting to catch a breath. Uh, it has been just nuttiness nonstop, it seems, since harvest began several months ago. Uh, we're all wrapped up, and now we're in the holidays, and it's just go, 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 go. So I am hoping for the next uh, couple weeks to just ah, relax a little bit. Right. Yeah, oh, that's fine. that'll so, be uh, nice. Yeah, I don't have any big announcements or anything to make at the moment. That's fine. Uh, just things are good. Come on by Judd's Hill. Our family winery at the south end of Silverado Trail, and we would love to see you. I will toot our horn. It sounds like bragging, but I'm just, I'm very proud of this. We are still, at least as of a couple days ago when I last checked, and have been for the past couple months, if you look on TripAdvisor of things to do in Napa Valley, a visit to Judd's Hill is still the number one thing to do on TripAdvisor. And you look at the comments, though, it's the wine quality is great. I don't mind saying. But really, my purview is the hospitality, the customer experience, and people mention specifically on their reviews about what a good time they had, how comfortable they were made to feel, how we made wine non-intimidating, unintimidating. It doesn't scare them when they come sit down. They can approach it and understand and have a good time with it. And I would love to share that experience with all of our listeners, our Napa neighbors, our visitors to town. So have a look at judshill.com for visiting information. We are open daily by appointment. 
So give a call, let us know you're coming, and we will be able to properly prepare for your visit and show you a good time among the verdant vines of Napa Valley. Not so verdant right now. We're going into dormancy, but still a beautiful spot, and I hope to see you all there. That, that's what I had to say. That's fine. We should get to our guest. We oh, have, we should. We have alluded to. He's here. Uh, would you mind making it official, Mr. Lorne Mole? This guy writes songs that you must dig, and we're happy he's here for this non-plussed gig. It's our musical director, back to share some audible nectar, the lovely and talented Gordon Lustig. Wow. Yeah? That was that was impressive. That's a good one, huh? Lustig doesn't rhyme with a lot of things. It rhymes but with... you found <laughs> the couple things. Must dig... What was the other one? You want him to read it again? <laughs> Non plus gig, yeah. Plus non plus gig, yeah. It's impressive. And you seem and you seem plussed. You're impressed. This is good. I am. You know, looking up that word uh, when I saw it was on there, I was like, "What exactly does that mean?" Apparently, the original meaning has the opposite meaning of what we use it for now. And apparently, only in North America do we use it to mean calm and unimpressed. And elsewhere in the English speaking world, it means the opposite, like a little, little. Surprised by Which something, a little nervous. Nonplussed. Oh, nonplussed. I thought <laughs> Lustig. Yeah, Lustig is Lustig. unimpressive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gordon Lustig is here. He is our musical director since day one here at Judd's Napa Valley Show. He composed the theme song. He's the one you hear many uh, weeks at the top of the hour. The recording is him playing the ukulele and singing. So many of our guests point at me when they hear that and like, is that you? It's like, no, it's Gordon Lustig. And it, it, that, that song has since been covered once or twice. And yeah, we, Mel Torme did it, didn't Mel he? Torme did a wonderful job. Uh, I had sent in the lead sheet to Bobby Short, but he left us a little before he could uh, get to that. But I like that yeah. type of – that real mellow voice. Yeah. Um, but uh, I put the offer out there. You know, If anybody would like to send a version of Gordon Lustig's theme song – and the offer still good, anyone listening. The original, I think, is about 30 seconds – but I'm willing to give up up to 90 seconds if somebody would like to cover that song, send it in, and if it meets our approval, we will play it at the opening. It has to follow Gordon's. I mean, this is Gordon's song. We don't want to mess with it too much, but you can record your version, your arrangement, and we will give you a credit on the air, and maybe I'll even throw in a bottle of wine or something. Well, that could be fun. We should probably say that Mel Torme didn't really do it because we don't want people feeling like they're competing against Mel Torme. Well, I think you're intimidating enough. Just, there you, you, you You're wonderful. Gordon, it's been a little while since you've been here as a guest. You come in sometimes and sit and write uh, extemporaneous and spontaneous and on-the-moment songs about the guests while they're in the studio. Mm-hmm. But we haven't talked to you in a while, so look, shall we just do a little basic catching up? What, what's been going on? Sure. Well, uh, things are calmer now than they were a few, just a couple of months ago, a few months ago. It was very busy. What's been going on? Very busy, Judd. I mean, very. Just very busy. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to say a couple more very busy no, while I, I try to remember what I was very busy <laughs> doing. It's the stall. Okay. <laughs> no. Would you like me to jog your memory? Because I've, no, I've been following uh, you a little bit. I could, I could fill in the blanks here. Well, I've been, I uh, traveled a lot. Yeah. I did a little touring. You might say a little touring, you know, like they say, musicians say, yeah, I just got back from a tour. Um, but you really did. Yeah, you know, they were one-off, <laughs> one, you know, one or two little shows. But they were with the Neil Diamond tribute band that I play with. Yeah. A gentleman named Jack Wright mm-hmm. and his Heart Light Band, based from the song Turn On Your Heart Light. Right. The Heart Light yeah. Band. Like based on the... Uh 
of I don't know. I always associate it with ET. Yeah. Well, there was a little lawsuit that kind of happened. <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. But uh, so yeah, so um, he's really working hard. It's a full time thing for for Jack Wright, really trying to get this show happening, you know, and getting a notice. And so we have we did some full on shows across the country. Yeah, you were all over town. We flew into Nashville and then we drove a few three and a half hours to you know some place in Kentucky. And, and, and then drove back to uh, Bowling Green, where we played. Uh, well, this is a highlight. I'll, I'll save it for a minute. From but we we were in Minnesota. We flew to Orlando to play for fifteen minutes. That was uh, okay. So what is that? Why do you get flown to Orlando? They just, just booed us off after fifteen. Oh, minutes. the gong came <laughs> the out. Gong. No. Well, Jamie Farr came out and gonged you. Exactly. All right. No, the reason the fifteen minutes. Sometimes we get twenty minutes is because they are showcases. They are essentially auditions for these groups that represent Performing Arts Center, like you would have somebody maybe from like Luther Burbank Center, mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. have the West Coast version, and you have all these different different uh, versions of uh, these groups that come out. And uh, there may be only a few people. It's open. The door's open, and they're in big, ho- huge hotels, ongoing things, like a three-day thing where you have band after band. They come and do through their 15 minutes, you have magicians, a lot of tribute bands, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. uh, Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. uh, That's really popular. Um, There was an Everly Brothers. And and so you get a five-minute sound check during the day, and then you sit around kind of just twiddling your thumbs. (laughs) The glamour of... Yeah, until about 11 p.m. when it's your slot. Oh, my goodness. And then you go on, you do your 15 minutes, and then you got five minutes to get all your gear. Can you give us a 15-second rendition of something? A 15-second I don't know. You've got got your ukulele. You've got your guitar. Yeah, well, I don't play ukulele. I do play ukulele for one tune, although he replaced it with banjo. We do this... The song that goes Stargazer See, I don't sing it, so oh, I don't okay. know the words But I play uh, the, a little banjo that he got on that tune Stargazer, a little oh, okay. novelty kind of tune that Neil Diamond did Cool, man So, yeah. But the big highlight yeah. was um, for 10 months or so uh, the tenth month being uh, around uh, August previous, mm-hmm. I uh, wrote twenty-five arrangements of Neil Diamond songs for symphony orchestra, and then uh, we when we went to uh, Kentucky. <laughs> w- yes, sir. Oh no, I, I, that was just me. My mouth dropping in astonishment. You ah. wrote you wrote these arrangements for symphony orchestra. Yes. And right. I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, you have conducted at well, the that, Hollywood Bowl. You, this that, is your that's milieu. Really, what I studied at, when I went to school, a private school in, in L.A. in the '80s, was arranging. And we can mention it's the. I know it's the Dick Grove School the of Dick Music. Grove it's very school. prestigious. Changed my life. Yes. Okay, so, let's get back to that in yeah. a little bit. I would yeah. like to hear, but so, tell me about yeah. this. So uh, we we went to Kentucky. I mean, flew to Nashville, ro- drove somewhere in Kentucky, played a show, just a regular show with the band. Mm-hmm. And the band, I, I must say, is is quite a good band. The uh, drummer played with Aretha Franklin and Ray Charles, and you know, and then the the bass player he played with uh, Barry Manilow for nine years. Lots of fun stories. Oh he yeah, has. yeah. So real, real good band, and we have two keyboard players. So we're recreating the symphony sound using two 
uh, keyboard synthesizer players. But then, after that gig with just the band, we drove back to Bowling Green, Kentucky, where we played my arrangements with a symphony orchestra, Orchestra Kentucky in Bowling Green. Wow, that must be a thrill. And that was very exciting. I mean, just to play with a symphony sounds amazing, but... The fact that you're the guy that wrote out the arrangements that the symphony is playing. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's that's, pretty exciting to, what an to honor. walk around while they're the orchestra. They they sit down, you know, and they're tuning up and they're they're going over their music because they hadn't really rehearsed it too much. You know, they they don't spend a lot of time <laughs> rehearsing like a, a high school band. And they're you know I'm hearing all my all my parts and there's my name on all the music because it was very exciting. That's a feather in the cap. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, and so he's hoping to parlay that into more symphony shows. Wonderful. You know. Well, I hope that all works out. Yeah, me too. Thanks. I do want to talk uh, a little bit about your background in music and some of these other kind of national acts that you play with and write arrangements for and travel with. But I do want to bring it home at the moment because recently Napa was, well, faced with a very tragic event that didn't happen here, but it affected our community because a young woman lost her life in this mass shooting in Southern California, and I know you had a personal connection. Of course, we're talking about uh, Elena Housley, and you you knew her. You know the family. She was a music student of yours, is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Uh, I, I worked on guitar a little bit with her younger brother, mm-hmm. Alex, but, but then they said, you know, Elena would like to p- work on piano. Oh, piano. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not really a piano teacher. They go, we want what you do, which is not the traditional piano kind of thing. So Elena came to me when she was probably about 11, 12 years old, and we did piano. She'd bring in some poetry and stuff she'd written and wanted to learn really to play pop pop kind of music on the piano. But, but writing her own songs. You say she brought in lyrics she'd written? Yeah, well, that was the idea. We more worked on playing songs that were on the radio and stuff so she could learn how to do it so that she could have, at some point incorporate that into, I think, writing hmm. music herself. But, uh, yeah, so and I knew the whole family and played at a ceremony that they had for her dad's uh, sister-in-law, who's an actress in L.A. Anyway, I know the family. Right, you're, you're Very connected. Close so this yeah. really, as it did for many folks, but it really hit you, hit you hard. It affected you in a certain way. And, and you, have, you have an outlet. You know, a lot of folks don't know what their outlets are, but you, as a songwriter, have an outlet. And you made use of that s- skill yeah, so I, I went to uh, the. There was a, a vigil uh, about her uh, that met in uh, Yontville, and uh, people talked about her. We a candle vig, candlelight vigil, vigil, and then uh, I did the march. We marched uh, Veterans Park, and uh, people spoke. High school students, friends, uh, Mike Thompson, various people spoke about her. And her and her parents showed up too, and her dad spoke. This is two days, three days after the event, yeah. and so and they started uh, Elena's Voice hashtag Elena's Voice and Foundation, and, and they really wanted to just talk about reaching out to people, being kind to people, you know. So I thought I I want to write a song for the community that along those lines of Elena's Voice. So I wrote a song. Uh, You've even that. recorded it. There's, you've written and recorded it. I but... recorded it as a kind of a demo so that I could send it to people and mm-hmm. post it. Yeah, exactly. Um, would you mind? You do have a guitar here. I'd, yeah. I'd be honored if you would uh, play the song today. Sure. I wrote it on. I wrote it on the piano. But 
I will play it on the guitar. Okay, great. Um, so. goes like this. How much time do we have? Do we have Just take, take your time. Fallen and lost And simply do What Elena Would do strength it inspired in you without anger nor blame we will carry the flame try to learn what she always knew and simply do what Elena would do
thanks, Gordon. Sure. That was a beautiful, beautiful song. Is that out there anywhere? I mean, you did record uh, in a demo form. Yeah, and uh, I posted if- it on YouTube and on my Facebook page uh, with a video, some photos that were posted by her, her dad, pictures mm. of her and her family. How would folks look that up on YouTube? Um, if they just type in uh, what Elena would do, okay. it should come up. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think now we'll take a little break and then uh, come back and hear a little bit more about the musical life of Gordon Lustig. You're listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show. We'll be right back after these messages. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. You're listening to 1440 KVON, the voice of Napa Valley. Now, back to Judd's Napa Valley Show. Thank you very much, Lauren Mole. We are here with our musical director, Mr. Gordon Lustig, and a uh, pleasure to have you back, sir. Thank you. I have a question for you. Yes, what? Who, who, who did that uh, little uh, thing I just heard? The, the little Judd's Napa that Valley that... Show. That, yeah. that is Chris Wabich and Jenny Ng. They're a oh. husband-wife team down in L.A., Chris, I've known years and years. He's one of these Los Angeles monster studio session drummers and professor, actually, of, I don't know his official title, but he teaches like a professorial university course in percussion drumming at University of Arizona. Oh, cool. Commutes out to Tucson. And she is a singer, keyboardist, horn player, I think is either out now or just got back from tour with uh, Engelbert Humperdinck. Wow. Yeah. Cool folks. So, you know, friends, and they uh, put that together for me. They put, they also got some other really kind of bizarre ones I haven't played, but I probably should, uh, probably should put them on there. That's, uh, that's them. Thanks for very asking. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yes, indeed. So, Gordon, Lauren, and I were having a little talk, and we know what a uh, great musician you are and how you do these extemporaneous songs for our guests, where over the course of the show, you're furiously writing. You're sitting here in the studio. There's a guest we're talking to, and you're taking notes, and in about 40 minutes, you have written a whole song about the show that we just To be recorded. accurate, I tend to write ly- new lyrics to an existing song. Okay. Well, whatever the case may be, we were wondering if we could put you on the spot. Uh, well? There, there is a spotlight. Actually, there's a spotlight <laughs> yes. on you. This, yes. this light has been turned around. It's right shining. Out. Nobody can see me. Right on you. <laughs> so... We're wondering, would you be up for a little challenge if we just named some songs and see if you could play them? Ah, I see. I once heard you say to somebody how, you know, it comes very naturally, just the guitar. Like, you hear melodies, and it just transfers right through your fingers into the guitar. Pretty much. If, so, it's, if it's in my head, usually it'll come out my fingers. Sometimes. So we're live on the air, and I want to see if we could okay. put this to the test. Do you mind? Yeah, sure. Well, we'll give it. We'll give it a try. Okay. Without, I'm willing to look foolish. <laughs> yeah. No stale script and no rehearsal. There there we go. Here we go. Here we go. Right. To quote the great lyricist. So I'm going to go first. You mind, Lauren? Go ahead. It's All your right. show. No, no. This is a song that has been. Um, it's a well-known song, but uh, because of a movie has just come out, my kids have totally gotten into this. They're playing it incessantly. Can you do a little bit of Queen's Bohemian? Rhapsody. That's a it's a com- it's a complicated song. That, it's not just three chords. You mean like an instrumental version, huh? 
Okay. All right. I can I, I can give you a little bit of that. Here okay. So see if you recognize it. All right. I'll give you the ending. Okay. I love that part. <laughs> yeah. I love that part. Yeah. And then there's like a gong. Or a whoosh. Yeah, yeah. The wind blowing. Very nice. Okay. Lauren, you got one? I do. I'm doing this song with Napa Valley Voices uh, right now. How about you got a friend in me? Because Toy Story 4 is coming out next year. And I plan to see it. <laughs> okay. I do too. Me actually. too. I love those movies. All right, there's the next challenge. done i love that song i'll give you a little a good applaud. finger picking tune too it's fun lauren go again we're we're christmas is upon us do you have a favorite christmas tune maybe how about silver bells silver bells what oh. key oh <laughs> any key oh, yeah. is fine um, how about the uh key of l maybe uh b flat but it's gonna sound like l all right well, that's better All right, one more, one more, and then we'll move on. Okay. This one uh, I'm requesting on behalf – I mean, I haven't talked to him about this, but he's a big Star Trek fan. It's our editor, Bob, who puts these shows together after we record them and puts them in a podcast format. He is a big uh, Star Trek fan. Uh, how about the theme from Star Trek? Okay. And I don't know enough about which show is which, so I'm going to let you – I'll give you that much. Can you do it on the ukulele, actually? Can I request at least that it's on the ukulele? Uh, well, Yes. Let's do it on the ukulele because All right. there's something there's something about the juxtaposition of uh, the Star Trek theme, which has a certain 
Gravitas. Oh, I was about to say gravitas. <laughs> gravitas. Which makes me think of gravilox and makes me want a little salmon and I'm hungry all of a sudden. Okay. I mean, you know, it's like, you, you know, you could learn, you could play this yourself on the ukulele. But you're about it's to do it. That you're, hard. So yeah. you're, you're going to well, do this. I'm going to play the chords and I'll, I'll sing it. Okay. Okay, I will I'm sing impressed it. that you're up for the challenge. Okay. Yeah, so we go like this. I'm going to start right where the main theme comes in the high female voice okay this is the original old school the original 1960s Alexander courage star trek theme okay Ooh. okay we goes i'm gonna do it low okay let's see done okay thank you you passed the audition you can remain our musical director here Uh, gordon uh. lustig so you mentioned a little earlier about how school was just a wonderful experience for you being able to go to music school the dick grove school of music how has this how has that experience prepared you to be here today improvising star trek theme well dick grove took the raw data that we showed up with you know, kids right out of high school and, and older. I mean, there were there was a guy 35 there from Brazil. Oh, my goodness. And uh, he'd already been writing for TV shows in Brazil. Um, and we were 19, 20, 25, but all ages. But he would take people who had musical ability and good intuition and organize all that. So I studied for a year in the arranging program. How did it prepare me to be here in Napa? Well, no, just, and, just like, you know, what did <laughs> for you... For the Star Trek theme. Well, what, what are you grateful for that you glean from this I'm education? I'm grateful that after years of taking various theory courses and music classes and not quite understanding the theory and how, how, to, you know, how it works, I did it. I could hear stuff and play it pretty well. But what I appreciated was he spoke in a language that I understood and... That first hour in a class, the first hour I had with Dick Grove himself Mm. teaching was literally life-changing. And uh, before a year was over, I was writing for uh, television shows just from what he instilled a confidence in in knowing what we were doing. If we sat down to do something musically, whether it was arranging for a three-piece trio or a 70-piece orchestra, uh, we were able to do it confidently, fast, efficiently. And with generally no mistakes. Well, it certainly seems to have paid off in your with well. The your mistakes and, part, I think, has well, slipped in a little. <laughs> I mean, and now I hear about you know you've written for television and film. You've conducted the Hollywood Bowl. You're on tour arranging for symphonies. You have composed the theme song for Judd's Napa Valley Show. There you go. And our web series Wine Booty and our web series uh, Judd's Enormous Wine Show. And it just dawned on me. I think you've heard. One of the covers of your Judd's Napa Valley show theme song is this very cool kind of jazzy. It's got beatbox under. It's got a little spoken word, almost rap. It's got horns. And that was composed by a fellow, another one of these L.A. session guys, a flautist and saxophonist, Catisse Buckingham, 
who I just realized is a fellow alumni of the Dick Grove School of Music. Really? Yeah. yeah there, there you go. I'll have to get you guys together uh, at some point. You can talk about your experiences. Yeah. It yeah. was an amazing school. Wonderful. Wonderful. So you didn't, Neil Diamond, we talked about. Right. But you're also very heavily involved in the John Denver world, and you've done some performing around that. That's kind of a funny thing, how things come back. I, I, I was really into John Denver when John Denver was popular in the 70s, mm-hmm. about uh, 75, 74, 5, 6, around then when I was in high school, Yeah, which was – not probably the smartest thing to be into when I was in high school, but well, I managed to go through four years without getting beat up. Oh, oh I see. What you're saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. look. I'm, well, I won't even get into that. I, I believe we all should be who we were meant to be. But uh. yeah, and so you know that was a, a a phase that lasted a while. I I really enjoyed John Denver. I learned to play a lot of the guitar stuff. I do the Travis picking and a lot of the style I do uh, came from a lot of those John Denver records. But it's funny how years later. Like last October, I was in Aspen, Colorado, playing a three-day festival at Wheeler Opera House, a three-day festival celebrating the music of John Denver after a 20-year's anniversary of of his death. Mm. And I was the only person in the house band that was not a former member of John's one of John's bands, touring bands. And that was very exciting. Well, it's got to be an honor then that you were selected among... You know, because there's only so many people who did play with him, and there's billions of people who never played in his band, and you were yes. selected amongst those billions <laughs> yes. of people on earth. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, well, because somebody who was involved in that knew that I knew the mu- John Denver's music and had an appreciation for it. So they could have gone with one of those hot session, Nashville session guys yeah. who certainly could have played the music, but they wanted somebody who had a. Um, an appreciation who really had a passion for the music. Yeah. What was Not your... just playing the notes. Well, of course. I mean, there, there's there... – then the feeling comes through. The love comes through. And what was your role – what was your role in, in those performances? Well, as the guitar player, I, I played guitar and mandolin. I would have loved to play banjo, but it just wasn't, wasn't feasible for this. But I was kind of the utility guitar player. So there would be artists that would, say, be the tribute artist – they would be featured on a song. There'd be four or five different musicians. They would come up and they would play guitar and sing the song. And I, like I said, was part of the house band, mm-hmm. which consisted of you know piano and drums and uh, a horn player who toured named Paul Horn who toured. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, Paul. Right. And <laughs> can so, we change you to instead of Gordon Lester? We call you Gigi. Gordon, you know, Gordon Guitar. There's a new guy coming up here on the Bluegrass Station a lot. His name is Billy Strings. Well, that's great. Very talented guy. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Continue, please. So, I would play all the lead lines. I would play uh, often the signature licks, whether they be the main part that you hear at the beginning of a song or some of the guitar parts that we recognize as being part of the song. So, if the artist who was singing the song wasn't real comfortable playing those signature riffs, then I would play those. And uh, I would do you have an example. Like, what, uh, what does that mean? Uh, well, let's see. Me, the uh, guitar is coming out, folks. Out so, this beautiful example, custom Perlman guitar. Well, you know, if I did Rocky Mountain High, you know, mm-hmm. it really just goes. 
That's really the song. But the riff is... So that's that's a signature riff that John actually didn't write. A fellow co-writer of John's, Mike Taylor, who was his guitarist early on, took John's song and said, you know, it'd be cool. You know, and that when you hear that, you know what song it is. Right, right. So that was your job, is to, to give it that treatment. Whereas right. a lot of these other singers are probably just going through the chords, which is fine and dandy, but your job was to really make it sound like the John Denver recording that folks would exactly. be familiar with. Exactly. And there'd be more subtle subtle things like uh, in Country Roads. The, you know, they're going, um, Country Roads, take me home. And that's really how the song goes at that point. Uh-huh. But there's fills that go like this. Country Roads, take me home to the place. Um... I belong West Virginia. All these little (laughs) that you don't really notice. They're a secondary element in these songs. But if they weren't there, you would miss them. Absolutely. This is not the song that I grew to love. Right. So I got to be that guy. Yeah. And that was very fun. And Annie walked in at one point. John's. Oh, the Annie. Widow. Yes. And the Annie, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she sat there in the wings for the entire show, and I there I am playing Annie's song yeah. to Annie. Wow. So that was exciting. What a thrill. Yeah, pretty cool. That's wonderful. Now, I think it's kind of nice that you have made yourself available to people who would like to learn what you have to offer. You're obviously a very talented, skilled, and educated musician, and you take students. I do, always. You have private lessons. You do ukulele classes through the rec department. Yeah. Uh, You want to talk about both of those? Do you want to give some live tips in the last few minutes that we've got as well? Let's do all of those. Let's – everything I just mentioned, let's talk about. Private lessons? Private lessons. I started giving private lessons. I've probably been playing about a year and a half. When I was about 12 years old. That's when you started. I've been playing about a year and a half. And – Friends of my parents heard me play, and they'd say, do you teach? <laughs> I go, I can show you what I know. Yeah, well. I guess that was teaching. I guess so. And so I have been teaching somebody consistently, continually since that time. Never promoted for, for teaching, and I've always had students. And I, I have a lot of students now. I have come to really love teaching. Yeah. I have a great relationship with my students. And yeah. you will teach on guitar, ukulele, sounds yeah. like piano as I, well? Uh, occasionally. Piano, I do take students, like I took Elena, and I have another young girl taking piano. But generally, it's guitar. I didn't really start playing ukulele seriously until about six or seven years mm-hmm. ago. And uh, I love it, and I do teach now through the rec department. Yeah. I teach classes. And I went from six people signed up for my first ukulele class, and then the next one, 32 signed up. Wow. So it's very popular. And how do folks find out about both of those? Well, that's a good question. I guess if you go to the the park, the park, uh, Parks and Rec website. For Napa. For Napa. Mm-hmm. And look through their catalog, you will see under the music 
section, you will see the ukulele classes. I will be starting, and I'm not sure exactly the date, but upcoming another beginning, very beginning ukulele class, beginning one, for those who have never <laughs> touched an instrument, played ukulele at all. Well, I will vouch that it's it's a valuable experience to take a lesson from Gordon Lustig. I've taken some ukulele lessons, and in fact, when I was teaching my college ukulele course at Napa College. It was more of an appreciation of the instrument. And I did that a couple times, the history of it, some of the uh, well-known performers of ukulele, and then some very basic strumming. But after doing that a couple times, the college said, can we advance this? And I said, absolutely. And then I was terrified because I'm not you know, a musician at your level. So you came in and co-taught the performance, the theory, that type of thing on the ukulele. And I really appreciate that to this day. Thank you. Do you have some tips uh, you want to, in case somebody is sitting, listening with an ukulele right now. And in fact, if you're listening to this in podcast format, which will be released not long after this airs live, you can pause right now, get an ukulele. And then uh, Gordon just grabbed his. He's going to give us a little lesson on the air right now. Uh, Let's see a lesson on the air. Well, the first thing is that you can play the ukulele regardless of your age. And I have students who have pretty severe arthritis in mm. their hands who who have found a way to play. It's a pretty easy instrument to play. And so don't think that it's too late. It's never too late to play. And l- learning a few simple chords, you can play thousands and thousands of songs. It's true when you'd see these ads uh, in these magazines, it would say, learn to play thousands and thousands of songs with only three chords. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, and, and then with a, just a few more chords, you can play the Star Trek theme. <laughs> okay. So my advice is uh, – and a ukulele – Are you, are you is, listening, Bob, the editor? Okay. A u- ukulele is inexpensive. For about $40, you could get a pretty playable yeah, ukulele. entry-level, uh-huh. decent – instrument. And for my classes, I try to bring a couple extra ukuleles so I have people that don't, haven't bought one yet and they I loan mine out to them and they can play until they can get one. So yeah, I can't really I don't think on the radio teach teach uh, you how to play, but with just three basic chords, you can play. So I would recommend if you want to play, sign up for the beginning ukulele class. It's very inexpensive. Okay. It's only four sessions. It meets for an hour, four consecutive weeks. So I think I'm probably starting in January or so, a new class. All right. That's great, Gordon. Napa Rec Department. Now, this would be the point where I'd say, do you go nuts for donuts? But you do. We know. We've done this before. But I still have a box of donuts. Okay. I would like you to take a look at this uh, gorgeous selection ah, of donuts there and uh, be inspired in the minute that we have left. Would you please uh, give us a musical tribute to these donuts? I'm putting you on the spot once um, again. Well, oh, holy donut. <laughs> um, there's also, I see an Old Fashioned. There's a maple Old Fashioned. reminds me of that old song by Paul Simon. Okay. Just an old fashioned donut <laughs> coming down to you and me. I don't remember the words, but yeah. That was Paul Simon or was that? No, Paul uh, Williams. Paul Williams, that's what yeah, I thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a chocolate raise, there's a multicolored sprinkle, there's kind of a Hanukkah blue and white one there. Any other inspiration? Well, there's a song that the kids at the synagogue would love to hear if I sang, <laughs> lots of donuts, lots 
of donuts, lots of donuts, lots. Let's all eat them up. So, yes. That's good. But the original, is that one of your own tunes? No, no, no. no that's an old I, song? I don't know where that Lots of latkes, I think. Lots is the, of latkes. For the, for the Hanukkah. Which is already from something else. Oh, yes. it is. Gordon Lustig, my friend, thank you for joining We're us. We're out of time. We're out of time. I can't believe it. It's always fun having you here. Thank you for all of your musical contributions to this show and uh, my projects. And I, I can't say how much I appreciate you enough. I can't say enough how much. Poorly constructed sentence, but I well, think I you, you get the sentiment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for being here today, sir. Thanks for having me. This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gillamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.